This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy April 1st, 2021, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with supposed to be Jerem Jordan. Still trying to figure out where he is. Uh, Anybody know where Jerem went today? Because we've got a live show that we do. Okay. I see. Spencer, I'll tell you where he is. He's gone. He's fired. We canned him. I'm taking over. This is my show now, our show. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think you would agree. This is long overdue. He was dead weight for quite some time now. You were carrying this show by yourself. So, <laughs> listen, this is a new era in BYU Sports Nation. We're stepping this thing up. We're doing it right. Jerem's <laughs> gone. And, you know, as a matter of fact, we're not mentioning Jerem's name anymore. Let's take him out of the intro. <laughs> let's redo the intro thing from the, from the start. Producer, wow. whoever's in charge around here, let's, let's take this thing back to the top. And do it the right way. Run it back. This is BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, Spencer Linton and special guest host, Super Bowl champion, Dennis Pitta. Oh, that's more like it. BYU Sports Nation live for the first time ever with Dennis Pitta as a co-host. Again, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Dennis, welcome, my friend. And like you said, it's been a long Thank time you. coming. It's been a long time coming. That, that intro just felt right, didn't it? Yeah. It felt good. Um, listen, I've had a lot of people ask me. And first of all, let me back up. I don't like the guest host part of that intro. <laughs> I won't make us do it over again. But I'm no guest host. This, okay. is, uh, this is me taking Jerem out of the scene and, and taking my rightful place on the throne <laughs> to your left in Studio B. Now, granted, I can't be in Studio B because of extenuating circumstances right now. Sure. But I will be shortly. Okay. And I understand people may question the timing on this. Yes, it's April 1st. I get that. <laughs> uh, it is suspicious. But like we said, it was long overdue. This was, this was a long time coming. And uh, Jerem needed to be out. And, uh, and fortunately, I'm in here. And listen, a lot of people ask me, am I nervous to step into this role? These aren't big shoes to fill, let's be honest. I mean, if I even just perform mediocre in this role, it's a step up from where we were. And so I think we all feel good about this move. And it's a new era in, in BYU Sports Nation. Okay. And, and quite frankly, I'm excited to be a part of it. Hey, the Pitta takeover is officially on as of April 1 in 2021. More of Dennis Pitta to come. We've got a huge show lined up for you today, including some new key additions to BYU football. The Brothers Nakua, what kind of impact are they going to have? And because Dennis is on, and we mentioned he is a Super Bowl champion, we're going to check in with a man who writes for The Athletic and is the co-host of the Can't Wait podcast, His name is Connor Hughes. Where does Zach Wilson fit into the Jets scheme? Is he the right fit? Is he surely going number two? And it's game day for BYU men's volleyball. Dennis, how's your volleyball uh, terminology after you brushed up and and got yourself ready to co-host? Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's the strongest. Um, 
I, I haven't quite followed men's volleyball as closely as I should have. And that's on me. I, 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 okay. <laughs> I, uh, I looked over some material on Will Stanley and, uh, and the BYU men's volleyball team. Mm-hmm. So we're ready to go. We're locked and loaded. Oh, I, I believe it. Like I said, we have an absolutely jam-packed show today, and it starts off not just with Dennis Pitta, but with some loaded BYU Sports Nation headlines. All right, Dennis, what do we Head have football first? football coach Kalani Sataki confirmed that brothers Samson and Puka Nakua will be transferring to BYU. Samson will have one year of eligibility after transferring from Utah, while Puka will still have three years of eligibility coming from the University of Washington. I love Two it. Two big additions. Yeah, you got to love it. We're going to talk more about those guys coming up. Think about that. Wide receiver core of the Nakua brothers, Gunnar Romney, Neil Pau, among others, and a pretty loaded tight end group, which you may have some interest in, Dennis. Like you said, we'll discuss all of that coming up. On to BYU women's volleyball, the number 14 team in the country, sweeping Santa Clara for a second consecutive time and securing a sixth West Coast Conference championship in seven years. That is utter domination. Congratulations to Heather Olmstead and the ladies of BYU women's volleyball. As we mentioned, Will Stanley and the men's volleyball team host USC at the Smith Fieldhouse tonight, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV and the app, part of a two-game series. You can see every serve, every point that will finish up through tomorrow night. The seniors on the team will be recognized and celebrated after the game tomorrow night as part of a senior night presentation, even though it kind of, in a way, feels like a second senior night because of the whole COVID scenario. We won't get into that. It's just on and bring on USC. Now on to headline three. We got more women's sporting dominance. BYU women's soccer defeated Santa Clara 2-1 yesterday. The Cougs picked up their first win ever at Santa Clara and handed the Broncos their first loss of the season. A huge upset win over the number nine team in the country. The ladies are, are doing their thing in the sporting world right now. Michaela Coulihan scores again. Nine games in a row. Cameron Tucker with the game winner in the 57th minute. Huge victory, as you said, Dennis. And uh, revenge is a dish best served with a little royal blue, isn't it? Ah, yeah. Absolutely. BYU baseball heading west to Santa Clara for a three-game series that will run today through Saturday. Today and tomorrow's game scheduled for first pitches of 6 p.m. Eastern with the last game taking place on Saturday, a 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific start, all broadcast via the WCC network. It's also game day for BYU women's softball against number 25 Baylor. They open up a three-game series. The first today, doubleheader tomorrow, the first game on BYU TV's app. And uh, that entire doubleheader tomorrow, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern, one local time on the BYU TV app. Tons to do. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bring on the brothers Nakua. Dennis, you mentioned it in the headlines. Samson and Puka are officially with BYU. They have one year and three years, respectively. This is a major injection into that BYU offensive life. Even though they're bringing in a new quarterback, they lose Zach Wilson. These receivers join Gunnar Romney, Neil Pau, Isaac Rex, among others. And now the pass catchers look really, really good. What do you think the impact will be of the Nakua brothers in the opening year for BYU football? Well, I think they're going to have a huge impact. And 
after last season, Dax Milne leaving, I mean, you lost, what, 70 catches and about 1,200 yards of production. That was a significant amount of production, not to mention your starting quarterback. And so everybody was kind of wondering who's going to take the next step. And obviously, Gunnar Romney's in that conversation, Neil Powell, like you mentioned. But this answers a lot of questions for the BYU receiving core because this adds a ton of depth. This adds playmakers out there. This adds experience. This adds a whole lot of things. I mean, you talk about Samson coming from Utah. Now, this guy was a walk-on, which is a huge red flag in my opinion. I'm not a fan of (laughs) walk-ons. But other than that, the guy has played for four years at Utah, a major contributor, led their team in 2018 in touchdown receptions, a guy that brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to this group that – that, you know, it is a younger group. And so it's a group that needs some better leadership that Samson will bring. And I think he'll be a huge addition, a guy that will be a steady contributor and in the rotation with this wide receiver core. Now, Puka, this is a kid I love. And if you know anything about Puka and, and his time at Orem High, he was in 2018, the Utah player of the year. I mean, unbelievable. The, the circus catches he would make, the, the acrobatic moves, um, the speed he brings to the field, everything that he brings. You have to love as a Cougar fan. And his ceiling is, in my opinion, higher than anyone on this roster currently. And coming from the University of Washington, he has experience. He knows what he's doing. He's played in big games. Granted, he had an abbreviated season two years ago with dealing with an injury last year. The Pac-12 just flat out didn't want to play football. So they only had a handful of games. But he still brings game experience. And, and a guy that I think will be a huge contributor and an impact player opposite Gunnar Romney on the outside. Now, I'm just going to say the following names. And again, BYU is in the middle of just a heated quarterback battle between Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney, excuse me, and Baylor Romney and uh, Jacob Conover. So whoever the quarterback is, Dennis, li- listen to these skill players that they will be either handing the ball off to or throwing the ball to, starting with BYU's running back, Tyler Algier. Okay, that, that certainly helps the, the transition for a quarterback. Then the Nakua brothers on the outside throw in Gunnar Romney. I'm not sure who's going to play in the slot, but whatever. That's a good problem for Aaron Roderick and the offense to figure out. And then the tight ends of Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker returns from his mission. The number 32. I know that you have uh, you're partial to that number as well, Dennis. So when I when I say those names, I can't help but feel like. BYU's offense should be in good hands. Regardless of who they choose to be the quarterback, there are enough playmakers around that the offense should go. Is that enough? Or should we be worried about the quarterback position? Are there enough game changers around the quarterback that you don't feel worried? Where do you stand on that? Listen, I I love the weapons that whoever plays quarterback is going to have. And I think you talk about, I mean, Dallin Hoker is kind of the lost man in all this, right? He he was – Tremendous as a freshman. And you talk about um, how, how much upside that kid has as a pass catcher, as a compliment to what Isaac Rex did last year. I mean, you're going to have a lot of situations where you're going to have two tight ends in the field. And now with this plethora of wide receivers, I mean, it's going to be tough to get them all on the field, keep them all happy, get them enough touches and get them in the rhythm of the game. But listen, football comes down to one position at any level, and it's the quarterback position. And so – the quarterback, yes, you want to surround him with weapons, and BYU has done that and has that on paper. But who is going to be the quarterback? That is still the main question <laughs> that this team faces, and the one that's really going to determine their success. It's great to have all these weapons on the outside, but who can get them the football? And uh, listen, you have to like 
these three quarterbacks. Baylor Romney comes with a ton of experience. Um, Jaron Hall, you love his upside, his athletic ability. And, and Jacob Conover, a guy that who knows what he's going to bring to the table. I mean, you hear so many people speak so highly of him, but he's young. And uh, we'll see who, who emerges, you know, through the summer and through fall camp. And becomes the guy because whoever becomes the guy is going to have a lot of great weapons to throw to. Certainly. And, and it might be as simple as who's the guy that we can rely on the most to get the ball consistently in the hands of the playmakers. Because when you look at the Nakua's, like, I'm just trying to, like, quantify what type of impact I expect them to have in terms of yards and touchdowns and catches. Listen, if those two can combine for, I don't know, 80 catches, one has 35, the other has 45, and they produce around – 1,200 yards of receiving, maybe 10 touchdowns between the two. That's a huge contribution because Gunnar Romney's going to get his, Isaac Rex is going to get his, and then we wait to see how many touchdowns and the production that Tyler Algeel will bring from the backfield, as well as Dallin Holker, the guy that uh, is coming off of his mission. So they got to spread the wealth, but if the Nakua brothers can lead things and combine, like I said, for 80 catches, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. I think BYU's offense is going to be in a really, really good place regardless of the quarterback. And maybe that's Baylor Romney because he kind of feels like the guy that just will execute the game plan. He will get the ball to who he needs to get the ball to and let them do their thing. Not taking anything away from Jaron Hall or Jacob Conover, but that's kind of where Baylor thrives is getting the ball to his playmakers. He was, he was doing it with Matt Bushman, uh, among others, a couple of years ago. So just – just maybe, uh, certainly it's going to make all three quarterbacks feel a little bit better about (laughs) where they're going and how they replace Zach Wilson. All right, Dennis, on to topic two. All right, Spencer, what will be the biggest surprise of the 2021 BYU football season? Well, other than you taking over for Jerem, right? So we've already clarified that's probably the biggest surprise, right? That's absolutely the biggest (laughs) Are we, are we that surprised, though? I wouldn't say it's a huge surprise. <laughs> okay. I, think, I think we all knew it was coming. Touche. Okay, so that's not the biggest surprise, although, although a little, <laughs> still a little bit of a shocker in the timing of it all. Uh, the biggest surprise right. of the 2021 BYU football season to me will be what BYU does against the seven Power 5 opponents. And I know this is a little bit bold, but stay with me on this. I think BYU will surprise a lot of people and post a winning record against their seven Power 5 opponents, four and three. And you think, okay, well, is that big of a deal? Is it really that big of a deal? Yes. BYU, on average, wins 40% of their Power 5 games. So do the simple math. That's somewhere between a two and five record and a three and four record. If BYU can post a winning record against those seven Power 5s, now we're talking about the Cougars winning maybe as many as nine regular season games against one of the tougher schedules that we've ever seen and having a shot at back-to-back 10-win seasons if they can indeed secure a bowl game. So who are the seven Power 5 opponents? Okay, I think BYU is going to roll Arizona in the season opener. Uh, they've got a brand-new football coach that's going to be in Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. It's the home away from home for BYU. I like BYU's chances against Arizona. The next couple of Power 5 games are the real interesting stretch, Dennis, because BYU hosts Utah and they host Arizona State. If the Cougars can sneak one of those and start 2-1, and one, then for sure I think they're going to have a winning record against the Power 5 foes. They've got Washington State. They've got Baylor also coming up on 
the uh, the schedule, and they've got Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia in Provo. Keep in mind, the majority of these games are in Provo or the home away from home, Las Vegas. So I like BYU's chances to surprise a lot of folks and win at least four Power 5 games. The finale against USC, that one's going to be tricky. But, hey, I think that there are for sure three wins on there, and then BYU is going to beat either USC, Utah, Arizona State, or Baylor and get to a fourth win. I really like this, and I think that they, it's time. It's time that this team, with all the weapons, with the Nakua brothers coming in, they surprise their Power 5 opponents. What do you think, Dennis? What's your surprise for 2021? Listen, I don't want to move on until we, until we talk about yours because this is a surprise. This is a bold prediction by you. Okay. Because like you mentioned, BYU is traditionally about 40% in those P five games. And so, I mean, that would put them below that 500 mark. So you're, you're, you're taking a, a leap of faith here on this one. And here's where I step back a little bit on that bold prediction is BYU has got to break in a new quarterback. Okay. And anytime you have transition at the quarterback position, you have to table your expectations just a little bit. Now I'm not saying this team can't be really good. And I'm not saying we, we've talked about the weapons now that whoever the quarterback is, will have at their disposal. But anytime a, a new quarterback is at the helm, there's going to be some growing pains just, just naturally. And it, it's such a difficult position to play without a ton of experience and playing all of these good teams. Now, granted, you mentioned this. BYU plays a lot of these games, especially early on, Vegas, at home, um, especially those first three. And those first three games are going to be critical. If you can get out of those first three, two and one, even three and oh, I mean, obviously, then, then that goes a long way in being able to get to a four and three record against those P five teams. But it it is so tough early on in a season for a young quarterback or or any new starting quarterback to come out and just play lights out. Now we've seen it before. I mean, when Max Hall took over, Mm -hmm. we came out, we played Arizona in our first game. I mean, he was lights out from day one, but that's what we're talking about. A a transcendent quarterback there, the winningest quarterback, not the winningest player, might I mind you, the winningest quarterback (laughs) in BYU (laughs) football history. Okay. Um, I would take the title winningest player need. I remind you uh-huh. of the winningest player in BYU history, but it is just so tough. You just typically don't come out of the gates firing like that with a new quarterback, but listen, I, if it's Baylor Romney, I mean, he's a proven commodity. Like we talked about, he's a guy that has game experience. He could come in and he could play at a high level. And, and listen, this quarterback's job is going to be simple. Hand the ball off to Tyler Algier, let him churn up yards on the ground, get the ball with easy throws easy completions into these receivers hands and make that allow them to make the plays that they're capable of making and don't turn the ball over. I mean, your job is going to be pretty simple. And so whoever can do that the most efficiently is going to be the guy. But again, it is so difficult to play three P five teams right in a row to start the season as the new starter. And so I, I curb my enthusiasm a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit more realistic on this outlook. Well, you are feeling Jerem's shoes. You okay. put the blue goggles on a little bit here. Okay. Okay. I'm going to bring some reality. I know Jerem would always just kind of pump you up, Spencer, like, oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go this and that. I'm going to bring some reality to the show finally. And uh, I think I think if we can escape 500, well, you can't be 500 because it's seven games. If, if we go three and four. Okay against those seven P5 teams. I think that's an accomplishment. I really do. All right. Now, the big one's Utah. And I, th- I think everybody wants a win against Utah. It's long overdue. It's something that we got to have. But 
regardless, I think um, it's ambitious to say we would have a winning record against this schedule because it's so front heavy, front loaded, and it's just so difficult for a new quarterback to pull that off. Okay. That being said, humor me for a second though. And and I know we still need to get your other surprise, but humor me for just a moment here. Even if BYU starts the season one and two against those three power fives, they still have Baylor, Washington state and Virginia on the schedule. Don't all three of those games and programs, based on where they are with their transitioning coaches and mediocre play, kind of feel like BYU could do enough to to win the next three and get to four, regardless of what happens against USC? Absolutely. And are those winnable games? Sure. But there's still P5 games. Washington State, you're on the road. Virginia, Bronco Mendenhall is going to be incredibly motivated to come back to Provo (laughs) and get a win. I mean, they might be preparing for that game now. They might not care about any other game (laughs) on their schedule. They might be just looking at BYU uh, midway through the season and just focusing on that and their game planning. But those are not going to be easy outs. I mean, you look at the schedule. There's still P5 programs. You know, Washington State is is a little bit down right now. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And and we, quite frankly, don't – know what this BYU team is yet. I mean, you're, you're losing a top three pick yeah. in Zach Wilson at quarterback. That's not easy to replace at the most important position in the game. And so I think, I think you just have to be a little bit realistic in the fact that there might be some growing pains, especially early on in this season when you have to play Arizona, Utah, Arizona State at the front. You still have to play Boise State. And I know we're not considering them a P5 program, but I mean, that, that's a P5 equivalent program. Sure. And so this is, this is you don't have many weeks off, let, let's be honest. And so you have to bring your A game each and every week. And, and I just think it's going to be a tall order for them to be able to come out that unscathed early in this season. Okay. Now, now add your official surprise to the season, then, if it's not getting to four wins against the Power Five. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, surprise, surprise. I don't think they're going to get to four wins. But, but I'm going to take this a little different direction here. I'm going to say, who's going to be my surprise player okay. of this year? And it's a guy we just talked about. And the guy we just mentioned, a guy that just transferred in, Puka Nakua. And you, you look at the brothers that are coming and you say, well, Samson's the guy with the bigger pedigree. He's the guy who's been a four-year contributor, started a number of games for Utah, um, has a better stat line, the more experienced player, coming in as a grad transfer, going to be able to play right away. I think Puka, mm. now Now, granted, he should be able to play right away as well, pending the NCAA rules in favor for first-time transfers to not have to sit out. Sure. So that being said, Puka, I expect him to be a, a day-one contributor. I expect him to be a day-one starter Ooh. on the outside opposite of, of Gunnar Romney. And I think this kid is that good. I mean, you watch what he did um, at Orem High. The acrobats, and and we talked about this, but the the acrobatic catches, Mm -hmm. his hands are so good. He knows how to go up and make tough contested catches, which is something that I always look for in a receiver. Can you go up and make the tough play? Anybody can can catch a ball wide open. Can you go up and and make a play and make a catch that you're not supposed to make? I think that's what separates good players from great players. I think uh, Nakua is a great player with the highest ceiling, like I mentioned before of this receiving core and receiver is one of those positions where you can bring a receiver in. Now I know Baylor or Gunnar Romney and some of these receivers have had time in this system. Receivers a position. You can bring a guy in and he can, and he can be a day one guy. 
there's less of a learning curve for a receiver. Yeah, you want to get on the same page with your receiver. And, and, and keep in mind, Jacob Conover and, and Nakua played together in high school at one point, and I think it was the Polynesian Bowl or something like that uh, before entering college. So they've worked together. They threw a touchdown pass. Conover to, uh, to Nakua in the corner of the end zone in that, in that game. And so um, there's some familiarity there with those two as well. But um, I just think he can have a huge impact on this season and moving forward because of his playmaking ability. This is a guy that averaged 19.9, just under 20 yards a catch for Washington over the last two years in, in, in a brief stint yeah, pretty good. with the Huskies. And so a guy that brings a ton of upside. Okay, so Dennis Pitt is going with Puka Nakua as his game changer for BYU. Their leading receiver. That's the biggest surprise in 2021. I mentioned my Power 5 uh, record for BYU. Okay, time to get to uh, one of your reactions and hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. What will be the biggest surprise of the 2021 BYU football season? Tyson Price answers, the biggest surprise will be that BYU will beat Utah in football for the first time since 2009. That would be a very, very nice surprise and a long overdue one. (laughs) All right, Dennis, what's coming up on the show? Well, coming up, how well does Zach Wilson fit into Kyle Shanahan's offense. Now, whether he goes to the 49ers at three or the Jets at two, it's still that same offense. The Jets offense coordinator coming over as the passing game coordinator from the 49ers. So a similar offense. We'll see how he fits into that mold. All right. We're going to find out by doing so from uh, a conversation with Connor Hughes, who is a Jets football insider and host of the Can't Wait podcast. He joins BYU Sports Nation next. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Run, Tyler, run on that Boise Blue. Watch the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano as well. It's a BYU April Fool's edition dropping today. You can watch all of the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Alongside the fabulous and new host of BYU Sports Nation, Dennis Pitta, I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it, Dennis. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Take it away, my friend. All right. Is the Shanahan offense, Spencer, whether he goes to the 49ers at three, the Jets at two, is this style of offense a great fit or not for Zach Wilson? It absolutely is a great fit, which is why we're discussing whether or not Zach's going to end up in New York or San Francisco because both of those teams know that he can step in. He has been prepared. He is preparing now with John Beck, your guy, to to maybe be the day one starter. I don't know if I prefer Zach Wilson to have to play right away, but he's preparing like he might have to. And when you're going to draft a guy and he might need to play on day one, he better be a good fit for the system. So, yeah, I really like what he's doing. Those West Coast uh, nuances to the offense. And, and really, they're based on getting the quarterback on the bootleg, on the rollout, into spaces, giving them a little bit more time to make a play down the field. They rely heavily on play action in the Shanahan offense with the West Coast uh, emphasis. So, yeah, I think it's a perfect fit for him. Do you disagree with that? I don't disagree. I, I agree. And I've played in this offense. Gary Kubiak who was the backup quarterback to John Elway 
when Mike Shanahan was running the Denver Broncos, uh, was my offense coordinator in Baltimore for a year. And so I know firsthand how this offense runs, everything that the quarterback needs to do, the skill set he needs to have. And, and like you mentioned, it's a lot of naked bootlegs. It's a lot of play actions, a lot of deeper throws. You got to have strong, you have to have a strong arm. You have to have mobility. You have to be able to throw on the run. Clearly, Zach can do all those things. He showed that at Pro Day. And listen, John Beck is also a guy who played for Kyle Shanahan in, in Washington, um, was with Baltimore for a year with me. He has played in this offense, so he's able to kind of be a mentor mm. and, and let Zach know all the different nuances that come running this specific offense. So I think it's a great fit. Yeah, Zach's ability to just make those throws in strange and awkward positions to move his arm into different throwing angles. I think it's just a, it was like he was built to be in the West Coast offense uh, that Kyle Shanahan is going to coach or that he's going to influence in New York for that matter. Okay, this question, Dennis. Bill Connolly of ESPN names Tyler Algier, stay with me on this, the third best risk-free explosive player in college football. Okay, I'm going to quantify this a little bit more. He says that the rankings criteria for a risk-free big play uh, means either a rush of 15-plus or a reception of 15-plus yards through the air. He said that Tyler Algier is one of the best off-the-radar players in the entire country. Dennis, do you agree that he could be one of the most risk-free, explosive players? I, I agree. Um, I don't understand the the risk management part of this conversation. <laughs> um but listen, in the NFL, when we played, we counted explosive plays or big plays. And it was any play of 20-plus yards through the air or any run of 10-plus yards on the ground. And so those are considered explosive plays at the next level. And Tyler Algier had a number of explosive plays last year. We would expect the same from him this year. He's a guy who could break a run. He's got enough speed. I wouldn't consider him a speed back by any means. Um, and so when you use the term explosive, it's a little bit deceiving because you don't think of him in, the, in a traditional sense of a speedy, explosive back. But the guy can get through the line of scrimmage. He runs with power. He's going to drag defenders. He's going to make 10, 15, 20-yard-plus runs on a consistent basis. And those are explosive plays. And that's why he's three on this list. Sure. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to beat you with 4-3 speed for sure, to your point. That said... Connolly also added, Algier is maybe the most physical big play threat in the country because he does have a little bit of that sneaky speed. He's Because he's so big, you don't expect him to be that fast, but he's fast for his size, if that makes sense, which kind of reminds me of a guy that you played with in Harvey Uma. Yeah, Harvey's exactly, I mean, they fit the same mold, right? Harvey on paper, you didn't think he would run by anybody, but you get him into open space, he was elusive. And he made people miss, and he could outrun defenders. And uh, you don't really know why. I mean, for a guy that, that was that big and physical and could run as hard as he could in between the tackles, I mean, he could make explosive runs. And Tyler Algier is, is no exception to that. I mean, that's we saw that a ton last year. Now, granted, the offensive line is, is a huge contributor to those offensive explosive plays because if you can get through the line of scrimmage and not get touched for five, six, seven yards downfield, which happened a lot last year um, because of that great play from the offensive line 
then, then you can make big runs. So the offensive line is, is going to play a huge role in that. But if they can hold the line of scrimmage and allow him to get to the second level, he's going to have explosive runs. All right, the Pitta Takeover continues on BYU Sports Nation with a question about a game-breaker and explosive player in her own right from BYU Women's Soccer. Yeah, Dennis McKay. Spencer, you're going to have to handle this one. Okay, Michaela Coulihan, okay, listen to this, is now tied the record for most consecutive games with a goal. She's done it in nine consecutive games. That's kind of like catching two touchdown passes nine games in a row, if we want to put that in American football terms. It's really hard to do. Dennis, will she break the tie and hold the record all to her lonesome on Saturday against St. Mary's? Well, I wanted you to ask me this question because I'm such a huge soccer fan. Okay, I, I know I come off as a football guy, but I'm a soccer guy. All three of my kids are playing soccer right now. But anybody who knows soccer understands there's not a lot of scoring in soccer. It is difficult to get the ball into the net. And so to be able to do this for as many consecutive games as she has, I mean, that is an impressive streak. And one that I, I'll tip my hat to. I applaud her because that is difficult to accomplish in soccer where it's a defensive game. Let's be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, if we could change the offsides rule somehow <laughs> and, and, and bump up the scoring, I would be all for that. But at that level, we know how difficult it is to score. So an impressive feat by her. Yeah, if offside goes away, then Michaela Coolahan might average three goals a game. That's that's for sure. Uh, that's what, right. what, what a performance by Kayla over the last uh, couple of weeks. And BYU gets the revenge win. That That's some impressive stuff. Okay. Let's keep it rolling, man. All right, we got coming up. All right, Will Stanley of BYU Men's Volleyball going to join us as well to preview their showdown with USC. Trojan Volleyball coming to Provo and dealing with a very motivated number two ranked BYU Men's Volleyball. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Game night for BYU softball hosting 25th-ranked Baylor in the first of three games. It's also a doubleheader set for tomorrow, starting at 3 Eastern on the BYU TV app. You want BYU athletics? Then you know where to find it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Live from the Dennis Pitta household, joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of the stars for second-ranked BYU men's volleyball. His name is Will Stanley. Will, welcome to an historic episode of BYU Sports Nation featuring Dennis Pitta. Thank you very much. So, What's going on, Will? <laughs> nothing. Hey, nice, to, nice to talk to you, man. I watch you all the time. Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Likewise. Hey, uh, because it is April Fool's Day, Will, let's ask this question. What's the best April Fool's joke you've ever encountered or been a part of? Oh, man. Uh, Best April Fool's joke I've ever been a part of. I think we had, I forgot, I think it was my freshman year, and it was, we're kind of going into playoff time, and we're getting ready for games, and the freshmen always lift kind of early in the morning, and... Terrell had told us the week before that we were, we were going to get the week off. And then that Saturday I get a text from the seniors on the team and they told all the freshmen that we had waits at 6am and we show up 
not completely not knowing it was it was april fools it was at april 1st and we show up to the to the weight room at 6 a.m and not a single person's there we wait for 30 minutes and we're sitting there waiting and we call our strength coach and he's sleeping we had no idea and so there's five of us there sitting in the weight room at 6 a.m and we, we had no reason to be there whatsoever and that that one got us that one got us pretty good <laughs> now that's just that's just mean Dennis, did you have anything happen like that? Or were you the guy pulling that prank? I, you know, I, I can't think of any good April Fool's jokes we played on anybody. I don't think that was uh, – was April Fool's around in, like, 2009 when we were <laughs> – I don't remember. Is that a new holiday? <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, who on the team is most likely to pull a stunt like that? And, and to follow up, did you guys pull anything on the freshman this year? I mean, what's, what's the plans for today? You know, it, usually I think that'd be something I would do. I, and I think that's why we were kind of the guys who got picked on my freshman year because that was, that was what we did. But, no, nah, we, we gave them a break this time. We got a game today. We were, we were too much to think about. Should have done something, though. That's a good idea. But maybe, maybe we'll pull something off later. still got time later. in the day. Yeah. It's still yeah, early. It's time. early morning. It's still, it's still early, Will. <laughs> Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is BYU volleyball star Will Stanley. Now that you aren't a young guy anymore and you are the guy that is in position to pull off the pranks, it's a, a pseudo second senior night. So what are your emotions going into this weekend as uh, you close out another senior season? You know, it was, I think we kind of were prepping for it last year and with everything that happened, it was, it was tough to really handle that at the moment and, and figure out kind of what, what the plan was. But I think guys are just excited. I think guys are ready to go and play and play USC. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They always kind of come on strong towards the end of the year and we're ready for that challenge. And we're, you know, we're trying to build this momentum into the MPSF tournament and hopefully into the NCAA tournament, but just kind of enjoying, you know, enjoying the ride I had here and, and playing in front of fans and at, at BYU where everyone's so passionate about volleyball, just that, that idea of, you know, it's my last couple of days here, my last couple of games. Hope, thankfully, we have the NPSF tournament in Provo. So it's it's going to be fun knowing that I've got at least two more games after this in the Smithfield house. But it's it's definitely kind of starting to hit, I think, a lot of the seniors that you don't really get this atmosphere anywhere else in the country. So just, just going out and hopefully, you know, we get a little more fans this week. So just showing out and, and giving them what, what they come for is just good volleyball. And Will, you guys have obviously a big game tonight, some significant games down the road here. Looking back on your career, you've had such an amazing career at BYU. What, what are some of your favorite moments, maybe your favorite moment as being a member of the BYU volleyball team? You know, I, I think especially recently, just that, that season we had last year with how, how special it was with, with the guys that were there and kind of the momentum we were building. Um, I just remember playing Stanford at home that last game before everything happened and just seeing, usually you don't get a crowd. We had, I think it was like 5,600, 5,700 people in the stands <laughs> that game, which was a packed house in the field house. It was standing room only. And you usually only see that in, you know, your NPSF championship game against a, um, a UCLA or a Pepperdine or something like that. So just seeing that kind of happen on a regular game with no, implication whatsoever and just kind of i think it, it was really cool to see kind of that hype of of hey byu men's volleyball is back we're we're bringing in packed houses every game and 
and that that really kind of was what fulfilled my my dream of playing at BYU and, and trying to bring BYU men's volleyball back to that you know national championship national contention kind of team. Will Stanley, BYU men's volleyball on BYU Sports Nation. What changed inside the locker room after your last loss against Grand Canyon? Because it's been a whole lot of winning since that moment. You know, I think we just kind of, it was a wake-up call, and it was a good early wake-up call. The The fact that we had been, I mean, I forgot what our what record was in the last two years, but we've got three losses between the seven of us that have been playing the last two years and just kind of going in there and, and seeing that, hey, we're – teams are good and teams are coming out and, and we've got the target on our backs being the team that we are. And, and every team's going to give us their best shot. So we can't go into any game with, with kind of this idea that we can kind of roll over teams or step on teams or these teams are going to come out and give us their best crack every single night. And we've got to go out and be mentally prepared, be ready to go and, and, and be ready in practice to play these teams. Even with Grand Canyon, I think Grand Canyon's a really good team. I know the record doesn't show it right now, but, when those guys beat us, they, they play the heck of a game. And, and we've had that from every team since. And I think we've just kind of figured out that we need to play our best volleyball every night because every other team's going to come out and play their best volleyball every night. Well, you guys return everyone from that tremendous season last year. I, what are the expectations for, for the end of this season? I mean, is it championship or bust for you guys? I don't like to use that term bust because every season can have a certain level of success. But is that how you feel internally? Yeah, I, I think it is. We we stated that from the beginning of the year. We had a meeting with, with the whole team kind of in, in August, and we talked about, hey, we're bringing everybody back. We had the season we had last year. At this point, we're, we're shooting for a national championship. We're not going to be happy with, you know, winning our conference and, and just making it there. We want to go in, and we're prepping and trying to win, our, win the national championship. And I think that's the standard we've been trying to hold ourselves to all year and in practice and, and recently in games of just – we we should be the best team on the court every night and we need to show that and there's there's no reason that a team should have any breathing room we should be able to go in and and take care of business and handle business every single night every single practice and and i think you're right i think for us right now it's it's championship and we need to think about that and again we're not getting ahead of ourselves we know we play usc and we've got ucla next week but we we've got a with now mentality of we're we're a championship contender we've got to play like it will i know you've got some family in town Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma so you can uh, play your best level with uh, with the family members watching on. Clearly, you have the best jump serve among all of your family already, so at least you got that in your back pocket, right? Oh, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I've got my brother, my older brother, who definitely was the best server in the world <laughs> for about six years in a row. And I've got two broken abs that don't let me really <laughs> serve at all anymore. So I'm... <laughs> Hopefully I'm pulling it out this week. We'll see. But uh, I'd say I'm probably third on that list. I'd say even John's got a better serve than I do at this point. (laughs) Always humble. Will Stanley. Thanks for the time, man. Good luck tonight against USC. Can't wait to watch. Good luck, Will. Will Stanley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Uh, He's a guy that has championship pedigree, as do you, Dennis. So there's some serious jiving going on there. I get it, you know, and, and listen, you hear him talk about championship or bust. And, and I mentioned, I don't like the term bust, right? Because there's only one champion every year. And so you, you hear this thrown around in football a lot, like a team that returns a lot of players, they have, you know, stability at the quarterback spot and all that. And it's like championship or bust. 
Well, I mean, you could make it to the championship game. You could make it to the Super Bowl, and that's a very successful season. There's only one team that walks away champion, and I, I don't think there's a million other teams that walk away from that season as total busts. And so I, I think um, they have the right perspective, though. I mean, they, they want to win. They understand that they are capable of winning. And um, so they have the right mindset going in. All right, coming up, Dennis, we're going to talk about what the best fit is for Zach Wilson in the NFL. Is it the 49ers for sure? Or is it somebody else? Want to get your opinion on that matter next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We just talked to Will Stanley of second-ranked BYU men's volleyball. The Cougars looking for a 10th win in a row with USC in town tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We are live in Studio B and with the Pitta takeover from the Dennis Pitta household on BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, I've been excited to get your opinion on this because some things are seriously happening in the NFL with pro days. Justin Fields had a fantastic pro day. He runs a 4-4-4, 40-yard dash. He threw all of those dimes. His workout looked great. I know some BYU fans are like, hey, maybe he'll go to the Jets at number two and Zach Wilson will get what we really want and he'll go to the San Francisco 49ers. But I want to attack the idea that even though Justin Fields is really good, Zach Wilson still goes to New York. And is, is it that bad of an option? Because I, I know the Jets are carrying some significant weight, haven't been uh, doing much good for the past decade or so. What do you think of Zach Wilson and his fit with the Jets? Is it, a, is it really a good one? Well, I, I think the 49er fit is much better um, from a roster standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Um, listen, and, and I know Robert Sala just came – from the 49ers, he's been a tremendous coordinator, but that does not always translate to head coach success in the NFL. I mean, we've seen a number of really good coordinators not be able to produce as head coaches, especially when entering into a situation like Salah has to enter into in New York. I mean, this has been a franchise that has had moments of, of, of greatness, has had some good seasons over the last couple of decades, but for the most part has struggled to produce wins. And um, I, you look at the organization first because there's so many organizations in the NFL that from the top are just not very well run um, for whatever reason with ownership and, and, and the front office. And, and there's just so many different levels of an NFL organization that they have to be able to work together. They have to be able to rely on one another to have trust at each level. Um, and the jets have not had that over the last handful of years and they've struggled to find a head coach. I mean, even, um, What's the head coach from who was just there previously? He was the defensive coordinator in Tampa. I mean, tremendous coordinator. I can't remember his name right now. Um, and he, he didn't pan out. I mean, he's one of the best defensive. He took the, the Tampa Bay defense and, and won a Super Bowl with them this year, and he wasn't able to pan out. And so th- there's no guarantee that Robert Sala is going to be the guy in New York. So if you're looking at where would you rather have Zach go, where would be the best fit? Well, it's obviously Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers. From top to bottom, it's a winning organization. It's an organization that has um, prioritized championships and winning at the highest level. Um, they have a great foundation of, of alumni. They have tremendous coaches on staff right now. They have a great GM in John Lynch. They have done things right from top to bottom. Yeah. And to be able to be a young quarterback and to go into a circumstance like that, stability around them. Stability is critical in, in an NFL organization, especially as a young quarterback. And uh, to be able to go into that versus 
um, an unstable situation, a, a situation that is unknown. Because listen, this whole thing could get turned around in New York, but there's no guarantee that it will. And, and we have no idea how it's going to shake out. And so if I'm Zach Wilson, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm happy that Justin Fields had a good pro day. I'm glad he ran a 4-4-4 <laughs> because hopefully the Jets might say, well, let's jump up and take him. He might fit our system a little bit better. The, the NFL's trending more towards mobile quarterbacks and not to say Zach isn't mobile. I mean, mm. uh, who's to say Zach maybe wouldn't have ran that fast as well, but um, it, it's just interesting, you know, uh, an interesting dynamic because if I'm Zach, I'm wanting to fall a spot and you look at some of these great quarterbacks. You look at Aaron Rodgers being able to fall. Now, you don't want to fall all the way to the end of the first round after Zach yeah. Wilson. Yeah. But to be able to get in a better organization, an organization that's one year away from being in the Super Bowl, and now they have a number three pick. I mean, that's that's a rare circumstance. And if you can take advantage of that and get on that roster, whoever lands with the 49ers, I'm telling you right now, they're going to have success. Yeah. Okay, to- totally fair points. And I think Todd Bowles was the guy you were thinking of. The ex Jets. Yeah, Thank to- you. I think it was Todd Bowles. I could not think of his name. Todd Bowles. Thank All right, you. we're going to wrap Good up. Good job, Spencer. You got- hey, you got it, man. A little Google search, you know. <laughs> 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 we're going we're gonna to wrap up this historic episode of BYU Sports Nation next with Dennis Pitta. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Time for our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Dan Smith on Twitter said, the biggest surprise is going to be that it's more of a reload instead of a rebuilding season for BYU football. Losing key contributors, so it should be a pleasant surprise to see those positions filled. Now, Dennis, today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. I want to give it to women's soccer for beating Santa Clara on the road for the first time ever. Our thanks to today's guests, Connor Hughes and Will Stanley. Any final words, Dennis? Uh, yeah. Sorry to Jerem Jordan. We uh, we ran out of time for you and probably forever. We no longer have time on the show. I have time. Not you. Dennis, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dennis Pitta Sr. We'll see you tonight for softball and volleyball. Go Cougs.